Hello everyone and welcome to episode 4 of The Curious Dragon. So, on this episode, we will be looking at the Wheel of the Year. As I am a male witch, this plays an important part in my life. So, the Wheel of the Year is an annual cycle of seasonal festivals observed by witches, Wiccans and Pagans. Consisting of the year's chief solar events that are solstices and equinoxes and also includes the midpoints between them. While names for each festival can vary among diverse pagan traditions, syncretic treatments often refer to the four solar events as quarter days and the four midpoint events as cross-quarter days, particularly in Wicca. Differing sects of modern paganism can also vary regarding the precise timing of each celebration based on distinctions such as lunar phase and geographic hemisphere. For example, when it's Samhain here in the Northern Hemisphere, it will be Beltane in the Southern Hemisphere. Observing the cycle of the seasons has been important to many people, both ancient and modern. Contemporary pagan festivals that rely on the wheel are based to varying degrees on folk traditions, regardless of actual historical pagan practices. Among Wiccans, each festival is also referred to as a Sabbat. This based on Gerald Gardner's claim that this term was passed down from the Middle Ages where the terminology for Jewish Shabbat was commingled with other heretical celebrations. Contemporary conceptions of the Wheel of the Year calendar were largely influenced by mid-20th century British paganism. There is both historical and archaeological evidence that suggests ancient pagan and also polytheist peoples varied their cultural observations. The Anglo-Saxons celebrated the solstices and the equinoxes while the Celtic people celebrated the seasonal divisions with various fire festivals. In the 10th century, Gaelic-Irish ruler Cormac McCarthy would write about four great fires lighted up on the four great festivals of the Druids in February, May, August and November. In the contemporary neo-pagan festival cycle, before being known as what we now know as the Wheel of the Year, was influenced by works such as The Golden Bough by James George Fraser, 1890, and also The Witch Cult in Western Europe by Margaret Murray, 1921. 
James George Fraser claimed that Beltane, which is the beginning of summer, and Samhain, which is the beginning of winter, were the most important of the four Gaelic festivals that were mentioned by Cormac McCarthy. Margaret Murray used the records from early modern witch trials and also the folklore surrounding European witchcraft in the attempt to identify the festivals that were celebrated by the supposedly widespread underground pagan religion that had survived into the early modern period. Margaret Murray reports that a 1661 trial recorded from Forfar in Scotland, the accused witch by the name of Isabel Smith is connected with meetings held every quarter at Candlemas, Rudd Day, Lambermas and Hallowmas. In the book The White Goddess, 1948, Robert Graves claimed that despite Christianization, the importance of the agricultural and social cycles had kept and preserved continuity of the ancient British festal system consisting of eight holidays. The English-British social life was based on agriculture, grazing and hunting. The popular celebration of those festivals became known as Candlemas, Lady Day, May Day, Midsummer Day, Lammas, Michaelmas, All Halloween and Christmas. By the late 1950s, the Abricket Wood Coven, led by Gerald Gardner, and also the Order of the Bards, Ovets and Druids, led by Ross Nichols, had both adopted the eightfold ritual calendars so to hold and have more frequent celebrations. It is believed that Gardner and Nichols both developed the calendar during a naturist retreat. Gardner argued for the celebrations of solstices and equinoxes, while Nichols had argued for the celebration of the four Celtic fire festivals and they then combined the two ideas into a single festival cycle. So, though this coordination eventually had the benefit of more closely aligning celebrations between these two early neo-pagan groups, Gardner's first published writings don't have any mention of both solstices and equinoxes, but instead focusing exclusively on the fire festivals. So Gardner, taken then initially referred to these as May Eve, August Eve, November Eve and February Eve. Gardner then further identified these modern witch festivals with the Gaelic fire festivals. Beltane, Lunasar, Samhain and Brigid. By the 9th 
mid-1960s, the phrase Wheel of the Year had finally been coined to describe the yearly cycle of witches' holidays. In 1974, Aidan Kelly gave names to the summer solstice, Lita, and also the equinox holidays, Ostara and Mabon of Wicca. These were then popularised by Timothy Zell through his magazine called Green Egg. Popularisation of these names happened gradually. In her 1978 book, Witchcraft for Tomorrow, influential Wiccan Doreen Volante did not use Aidan Kelly's names. She instead simply identified the solstices and equinoxes as known as lesser sabbats by their seasons. Doreen Volante identified the four greater sabbats or fire festivals by the names of Candlemas, May Eve, Lamas and Halloween. But she also identified their Irish counterparts as Imboch, Beltane, Lunasar and Samhain. So due to early Wicca's influence on modern paganism and the adoption of Anglo-Saxon and Celtic motifs, the most commonly used English festival names for the Wheel of the Year tend to be the Celtic ones that were introduced by Gardner and also the mostly Germanic-derived names that were introduced by Kelly, even when the celebrations are not based on those cultures. In many traditions of modern pagan cosmology, all things are considered to be cyclical, with time as a perpetual cycle of growth and retreat, tied to the sun's annual death and rebirth. This cycle is also viewed as a micro and macrocosm of other life cycles in the immeasurable series of cycles composing the universe. The days that fall on the landmarks of the yearly cycle traditionally mark the beginnings and middles of the four seasons. They are regarded with significance and host to major communal festivals. These eight festivals are the most common times for community celebrations. So while the major festivals are usually the quarter and cross-quarter days, other festivals are also celebrated throughout the year, especially among non-Wiccan traditions, such as those of polytheistic reconstructionism and other ethnic traditions. In Wiccan and also Wicca influenced traditions, the festival being tied to solar movements have generally been steeped in solar mythology and symbolism, this being centred on the life cycles of the sun. Similarly, the Wiccan S-bats are traditionally tied to the lunar cycles, 
Together they represent the most common celebrations in Wiccan-influenced forms of neo-paganism, especially in contemporary witchcraft groups. So now we are going to look at the festivals. So we are going to start with Winter Solstice or Yule. Midwinter, known commonly as Yule or within modern Druid traditions as Alban Arthan, has been recognised as a significant turning point in the early cycle since the late Stone Age. The ancient megalithic sites of Newgrange and Stonehenge, carefully aligned with the solstice sunrise and sunset, exemplify this. The reversal of the sun's ebbing presence in the sky symbolises the rebirth of the solar god and presages the return of fertility, fertile seasons. From Germanic to Roman tradition, this is the most important time of celebration. Practices may well vary, but sacrifice, offerings, feasting and gift-giving are the common elements of midwinter festivities. Bringing sprigs and wreaths of evergreenery such as holly, ivy, mistletoe, yew and pine into the home and also tree decorating are also common during this time. In Roman traditions before Christianity, additional festivities took place during the six days leading up to midwinter. Next is Imbolch or Candlemas. The cross quarter day following Midwinter falls on the 1st of February and traditionally marks the first stirrings of spring. It aligns with the contemporary observance of Groundhog Day. It is time for purification and spring cleaning in anticipation of the year's new life. In Rome, it was historically a shepherd's holiday, while the Celts associated it with the onset of ewes lactation prior to birthing of the spring lambs. For Celtic pagans, the festival is dedicated to the goddess Brigid, daughter of the Dagda and one of the Tuath de Danan. Among reclaiming tradition witches this is also the traditional time for pledges and rededications for the coming year and for initiation among dianic wiccans then there is the next is the spring equinox ostara derived from a reconstruction produced by linguist Jacob Grimm of an old high German form of the old English goddess name Isotre Ostara marks the vernal equinox in some modern pagan traditions known as Alban Ile meaning light of the earth 
to modern Druid traditions, this holiday is the second of three spring celebrations, during which light and darkness are once again in balance with light on the rise. It is also a time of new beginnings and of life emerging further from the grips of winter. Next we come to Beltane, May Eve. Traditionally, the first day of summer in Ireland. In Rome, the earlier celebrations appeared in pre-Christian times with the festival of Flora, the Roman goddess of flowers. And also, and the Walpurgisnacht celebrations of the Germanic countries. Since the Christianization of Europe, a more secular version of the festival has continued in Europe and America, commonly referred to as May Day. In this form, it is well known for Maypole dancing and the crowning of the Queen of the May. Celebrated by many pagan traditions among modern Druids, this festival recognises the power of life in its fullness, the greening of the world, youthfulness and flourishing. Then we come to the summer solstice or Letha. Midsummer is one of the four solar holidays and is considered the turning point at which summer reaches its height and the sun shines longest. Among the Wiccan Sabbats, Midsummer is preceded by Beltane and followed by Lamas or Lunasar. Some Wiccan traditions call this festival Letha, a name occurring in Reed's The Reckoning of Time. Reed writes that Letha means gentle or navigable because in both these months the calm breezes are gentle and they were wont to sail upon the smooth sea. Modern druids celebrate this festival as Alban Heffin, light of summer, the sun in its greatest strength is greeted and celebrated on this holiday. While it is the time of greatest strength of the solar current, it also marks a turning point as the sun begins its time of decline as the wheel of the year turns. Arguably the most important festival of the Druid traditions due to the great focus on the sun and its light as a symbol of divine inspiration. Druid groups also will celebrate this event at Stonehenge. Lunasar or Lamas. Lamas or Lunasar is the first of three Wiccan harvest festivals, the other two being the autumnal equinox known as Mabon and Samhain. Wiccans mark the holiday by baking a figure of the god in bread and then eating it to symbolise the sanctity and importance of the harvest. 
celebrations can vary as not all pagans are Wiccans. The Irish name Lunasar is used in some traditions to designate this holiday. Wiccan celebrations of this holiday are neither generally based on Celtic culture nor is centred on the Celtic deity Lu. This name seems to have been a late adoption among Wiccans. In early versions of Wiccan literature, the festival is referred to as August Eve. The name Lamas implies that it's an agrarian-based festival and a feast of thanksgiving for grain and bread, which symbolises the first fruits of the harvest. Christian festivals incorporated some elements from the pagan rituals. Next is the autumn equinox or Mabon. This is the holiday of the autumnal equinox known by names as Harvest Home Mabon, the Feast of the Ingathering, a modern pagan ritual of thanksgiving for the fruits of the earth and also a recognition of the need to share them to secure the blessings of the goddess and the god during the coming winter months. The name Mabon was coined by Aidan Kelly around 1970, a reference to Mabon Ap Modron, a character from Welsh, Welsh mythology. Among the Sabbaths, it is the second of the three pagan harvest festivals, preceded by Lamas or Lunasar, and then followed by Sam Hain. Next is Samhain, Halloween. Samhain is considered by Wiccans to be one of the four greatest Sabbaths. Samhain is also considered by some as a time to celebrate the lives of those who have passed on and it often involves paying respect to ancestors, family members, elders of the faith, friends, pets and also other loved ones who have died. Aligned with the contemporary observance of Halloween and Day of the Dead, in some rituals the spirits of the departed are invited to attend the festivities. It is seen as a festival of darkness which is balanced at the opposite point of the wheel by the Festival of Beltane, which is celebrated as a festival of light and fertility. Many pagans believe that at Samhain, the veil between this world and the afterlife is at its thinnest point of the whole year, making it easier to communicate with those who have passed over. So now we have a look at the offerings. So these offerings are given at various festivals. Offerings of food, drink, various objects have been central in ritual propitiation and veneration for millennia. Modern pagan practice strongly avoids sacrificing animals in favour of grains, herbs, milk, wines, incense, 
baked goods, minerals. The exception being with ritual feasts, include, including meat, where the inedible parts of the animal are often burnt and as offerings while the community eats the rest. Sacrifices are typically offered to gods and ancestors by burning them. Burning and leaving offerings in the open are also common in certain circumstances. The purpose of the offering is to benefit the venerated, show gratitude and give something back, strengthening the bonds between humans and the divine as well as between members of a community. So, now after all we have learned, we have come to this. In Wicca, the narrative of the Wheel of the Year traditionally centres on the sacred marriage of the god and the goddess and the god-goddess duality. In this cycle, the god as perpetually born from the goddess Atul grows in power at the vernal equinox, as does the goddess who is now in her maiden aspect. The god courts and impregnates the goddess at Beltane, reaches his peak at summer solstice, then wanes in power at Lamas, passes into the underworld at Samhain. Taking with him the fertility of the goddess Earth, who by now is in her crone aspect. Then until he is once again born from her mother crone aspect at Yul. For the goddess in turn ages and rejuvenates endlessly with the seasons being courted by and then giving birth to the horned god. Many Wiccan, Neo-Druid and eclectic Neo-Pagans incorporate a narrative of the Holly King and Oak King as rulers of the waning year and the waxing year. These two figures battle endlessly with the turning of the seasons. At the summer solstice, the Holly King defeats the Oak King and then commences his reign. After the autumn equinox, the Oak King slowly begins to regain his power as the sun begins to wane. Come winter solstice, the Oak King vanquishes the Holly King. Then after the spring equinox, the sun begins to wax again. With this, the Holly King slowly regains his strength until he once again defeats the Oak King at the summer solstice. The Oak King and Holly King are ultimately seen as essential parts of a whole. Light and dark aspects of the male god, they were, would not exist without each other. The Holly King is often portrayed as a woodsy figure similar to the modern Santa Claus dressed in red with sprigs of holly in his hair and the Oak King portrayed as a fertility god and seen as the green man.
And that is the wheel of the year. So before this finally finishes, just to say about making podcasts. I use Anchor to make my podcasts. It has everything you need to record, edit and publish your words to the world. And it's free. So you can make a podcast about absolutely anything you want. Even a podcast about dark chocolate covered cranberries, if that's your thing. So use Anchor. And thank you for listening.